We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In case you missed the memo, it's the 100th NFL season, and yet we still saw things over the weekend never before seen in NFL history. An astounding weekend. In the divisional round, it is a championship Monday here on Home and Home. Radio.com Sports Original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. The smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Speaking of hiring, we'll get into the Browns process that led them to Kevin Stefanski and has a lot of folks in Cleveland scratching their head this morning. We'll get into the national championship game, Clemson and LSU. The play-by-play man for the Clemson Tigers joins us this morning, Don Munson. Also, Mike Keith, he is the play-by-play man for the Tennessee Titans to recap a remarkable performance by that Tennessee team. I'm Dave Briggs, home of Connecticut. Ross Tucker is on the road in one of the great cities in America, Nashville, Tennessee. Speaking of the Titans, he's there for the College Football Coaches Conference. We'll get into that later in the program. But, Ross, happy Monday to you, sir. We went into the weekend asking folks which game they were most looking forward to watching. Which game did you enjoy watching the most, looking back on it, given the fact that you were in the booth for one, Baltimore and Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, it clearly to me, Dave, was not either one of the Saturday night, uh, Saturday games. Um, and funny story, you know, I'm at the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association convention in Nashville at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel. So, Dave, my, you know, I'm in Baltimore. I do the game Saturday night and then I get on a direct flight Sunday morning from Baltimore to Nashville. So the entire plane was either Titans fans or college football coaches. But it was mainly Titans fans that had gone to the game the night before. And I would say about every two minutes, one of them would say, tighten up. And then you'd hear like like crickets around the whole play. Tighten up, tighten up, tighten up, tighten up, <laughs> tighten up, tighten up. I didn't even know that was a thing. But evidently one guy says tighten up, everybody else says tighten up. That was the whole plane ride, dude. Like a guy would be sitting there like scrolling on his phone. He'd say, tighten up. And he'd be like, tighten up, tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Now I do, I guess. Um, so that was is, funny. Go ahead. Is that better or worse than when the pilot continually chimes in with like a fucking weather update or we might have some some uh, turbulence or and you're just like, shut up, pilot, which is more annoying? Um. Probably the pilot, actually, because at least these people are celebrating something. I think what's even worse is the flight attendant uh, who talks on and on and on. I often am in when I'm in the when I'm in the uh, in the airport, Dave, I'm trying to get stuff done. You know, like I'm on my computer. Then we board. So I usually am one of the first to board. That's usually when I make a phone call like my mom or wife. So once I get on the plane and sit down, you know, it's 20 minutes. So everybody else boards and put their bags up. So I called my wife Sunday morning and the flight attendant would not shut up. She would not stop talking about, uh, please move quickly. Please put your bag up through the aisle. I mean, it was, it, it made it impossible to have a conversation with my wife, which was, frustrating but i guess that's what i get for not just having a conversation with her in the airport like a normal person i want to be on my computer getting stuff done while i'm in the airport i don't want to talk to her until i'm on the plane have to put my bag away so at any rate um very annoying i would say dave i think you gotta go with the texans and the chiefs and i I think you can make a compelling argument for the Packers seahawks game the only one score game 
came down to the end. I mean, it was a stark contrast from a week ago, wildcard weekend, but the only one score game. And honestly, Dave, I think, and here's a good question. Out of all the guys yeah. we saw this weekend, who would you most be willing to pay money for? The answer for me is Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson is incredible. Patrick Mahomes made some really impressive plays, but it's Russell Wilson. I mean, that that guy is on another level in my mind, and it's crazy. Even when the score is 21-3, I think with Russell more than anybody else, I think this isn't over yet. Um, so I think it's close between Texans, Chiefs, Packers, Seahawks. I'll probably go Texans, Chiefs just because of how historic that comeback was. But Packers, Seahawks is pretty cool too, especially coming down to the end and the clutch throws by Rodgers to both Devontae Adams as well mm. as Jimmy Graham. I would uh, definitely go with Houston in this contest, Houston and Kansas City, because of the fact, as I mentioned in the open, it's a hundred years of the NFL. And when we see something we've never seen before, it's just remarkable. It's astounding. It's unbelievable. It's hard to even grasp on a Monday that a team led an NFL football game 24 to nothing in the first quarter and didn't lose the game didn't just lose the game, they trailed at halftime. And that, folks, has never happened in NFL history that someone led by 24 in the first quarter trailed at halftime. You've also had never had a team trail by 20-plus points and then lose by 20 points. It is hard to fathom what happened. But to me, the biggest play of the game, and it's not to say that Houston would have won the game if they didn't make the strange call, but I think the Biggest play of the game, 24-0 Houston. After they come out firing on all cylinders, get some broken coverages, get some big special teams play with the block punt for a touchdown. Look, everything went their way. Drop passes from Kansas City. The muffed punt by Tyreek Hill. Everything had to go Houston's way to get that 24-0 lead. But your own fucking 31-yard line up 24 to nothing. And the most astounding part about this is the wizard of the broadcast booth, Tony Romo, said immediately he loved the play call that Bill O'Brien made, the fake punt on fourth from the 31. I thought it was inexplicable and would leave me, if only they had a general manager, to wonder if we need a new head coach. Was that to you the biggest play of the game and how do you explain that call if you're Bill O'Brien well it was the biggest play of the game uh, I don't think there's any question about it a lot of people have also focused on his decision to kick the field goal when they were up 21 nothing they had all the momentum it was fourth and inches and he kicked the field goal there to go up 24 nothing I gotta tell you Dave I don't hate either call what I hate really? is people that just crush calls after they have access to the results. In other words, if they get that fake punt, everybody is saying that is an unbelievable gutsy call by Bill O'Brien. Never would have seen that coming. Wow. This guy is all in if he had gotten it. But he didn't get it, so then everybody's critical of it. And I would say similarly, I thought they should have gone for it on fourth and inches. I would have kept pushing the pedal to the metal. But I also understand, Dave, the thought process of we've got all the momentum. We are kicking their ass right now. I don't want to give them the chance to get the momentum back or have the tide swing their way by letting them stuff us. I thought the Titans stuffing the Ravens twice on fourth and one let a whole lot out of the sails of the Ravens and that whole stadium and really invigorated the Titans. And I think Bill O'Brien probably watched that the night before and said, no, I'm not doing that. Like 21, nothing's nice. 
but 24 nothing. Then they either need to get four scores or three touchdowns, three two point conversions. I'm getting up 24 nothing. I'm getting up another score. That could be the difference late, and I'm not letting them get the momentum. I've been very critical of Bill O'Brien. I thought the worst thing he did the whole game, Dave, which was comical, was when there was like eight minutes left. They were losing 48 to 31. And it was fourth and like three. And he was going to punt it from midfield. He was going to punt it. And Deshaun Watson comes over and he's like, coach, they, and this is just my Deshaun Watson impersonation. Coach, they've kind of scored a touchdown, seven straight possessions. Maybe we should go for this here. And then Bill O'Brien has to use a valuable timeout at that point, Dave. And then they go for it. His instinct was to punt it there. They had scored seven straight touchdowns. Like that, to me... If we're ranking the Bill O'Brien miscues, not knowing right away that you punt that, Dave, that's bigger than the other two that you mentioned in my mind. Fair enough. Uh, In order, uh, the field goal to go up 24, didn't mind that at all. In the moment, I I actually thought if I'm head coaching there, frankly, I'm taking the field goal. Now, I don't understand why after the game, Bill O'Brien said, I didn't have a play call I liked there. I I don't really like that explanation because my instinct, and you used the right word and it's instinct, and that's what I'm looking for in a head coach. My instinct was, hey man, I'm putting up that field goal. I love 24 to nothing because if I get stuffed on fourth down, my instinct was that could turn the momentum, whereas a field goal just helps it continue to roll your way. My instinct right away when I saw the fake punt. Now I'm watching this game as I always do with the 12-year-old kid. And I loved it that the second they made the motion towards the fake play. My son says, what are you doing? He was furious. And that was before he made the tackle. Again, instinct. You hit on the key word. This is a 12-year-old kid whose instinct was, what the hell are you doing right before the tackle was made? That was my instinct too. Yes, I don't understand the instincts of Bill O'Brien. They seem to be off in just about every every crucial situation. And that's what well, has to have you concerned if you are the management. Yes. Well, and this is a good point, Dave. Okay. Cause I'm going to, let's walk through this for a second. I was okay with kicking the field goal on fourth and inches because I think part of Bill O'Brien's logic may have been Let's not let them get the momentum, right? As we talked about, he saw the Ravens get stuffed twice on fourth and short. Let's get up 24 nothing. But if that's the case, Dave, doing the fake punt is the ultimate let the Chiefs get momentum. So the two seem incongruent, right? Like, yeah, if yeah, part of the yeah. reason why you kick the field goal is you don't want to let the Chiefs get any momentum or feel good on their side – then you sure as heck don't do the fake punt. Now, look, every every situation is individual. They clearly thought they really had it. That was a fantastic tackle by Sorensen. They were only like a yard and a half short. But I do think those two decisions, when you look at them isolated, they, they don't really make a whole lot of sense. They don't go hand in hand. Sorensen could be the MVP of this game if they didn't have the greatest player, the greatest quarterback in the NFL, two for four touchdowns in the second quarter, five in the game. Patrick Mahomes, a mind-boggling performance. Before we get to Kansas City, let's fire up our radio.com. Red Zone Radio Sports Radio 610 in Houston has their reaction on a very frustrating weekend. Again, here are the two runs. 41 to 0, 41 answered points by the Chiefs, and 51 to 7. Here's reaction. Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And and you uh, unfortunately show the true colors of the team. You get outscored 51 uh, to 7 over the last three quarters of a football game, man. It's unacceptable. This was not a head coach who was going to pull you out of this nosedive. This was not a defense who could even stop a nosebleed. And and I, I th- so I bring up that sequence because you had to keep your foot on the gas and keep them down and keep the crowd out of the game. 
You can't have a five-minute window where you decide to be super conservative and not go for it on fourth and one. When you've been going for it on fourth and one all year long, kick a field goal against a team that you know you're going to need more than 24 points. Brother, you got to go for it on fourth and one to go get yourself 28. You can't make that decision and then five minutes later decide you're going to try a fake punt in your own end of the field. Yeah, I'd like to say the hard-working people in this town deserve something besides the same old story. It's just ridiculous. The only thing we're missing tonight is Gary Kubiak's sweaty head saying it was bad call playing. Come on, guys. Let's do it. If they need somebody to get them riled up, I did not see one coach riling that team up on that sideline. It's embarrassing. We always lose leads, and everybody's always got an explanation why we lose the lead. Let's get it corrected. Man, I just feel like there's times where Deshaun Watson's operating with one arm behind his back. That's just how I feel. Maybe I'm being unfair, but that's absolutely how I feel. Deshaun Watson is just as good a talent as Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is operating with a dude who is pushing all the right buttons, and I just I, I don't know that I feel the same way about Deshaun Watson. There's too many times uh, the Watson's been the one that bailed out O'Brien all throughout the season. On so many games, it's been the talent, not the scheme, and I'm, I, I, it's, it's time for it to be the scheme to get the best out of this talent because this talent is just being wasted, man. Sports Radio 610 in Houston as we fire up our radio.com Red Zone Ross. If you are the ownership, what are you thinking this morning as you assess the loss? Is the career of Deshaun Watson going to be wasted if it continues along these lines? Well, if ownership really is able to take a 30,000-foot view of this thing, you are extremely concerned. And I'll tell you why, Dave. They have one pick in the first two rounds of the next two drafts. One pick in the first two rounds. That should typically be four very good young players on rookie contracts that help your team tremendously because they're not a financial burden, but they can ball. They're only going to get the chance to get one of those four players. Not only that, They traded an exorbitant amount for Laramie Tunsil, who's a free agent now. They they need to give him a new contract. Deshaun Watson needs a new contract, and that should obviously be priority one. And J.J. Watt, I don't know how much he has left. This feels to me like a team that is probably going to go the other direction. The only thing is I'm not sure Deshaun Watson will let him. I mean – It's a new world order, Dave, watching these quarterbacks. I don't know how Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson, those three in particular, I don't know how they make that many dudes miss behind the line. I don't know. Do you know how fast NFL D linemen are? Like, those guys are trained killers. Those guys run like four fives, four sixes at the combine. And those three guys, Jackson... Deshaun and Russell Wilson, they consistently make them look bad. They, they make them look like it's high school. It's insane to me. Jackson, Wilson, Watson, all done, though, and it's Patrick Mahomes who is advancing. Uh, we talked about this earlier in the season, and I can't help but, but bring it back. If you have one quarterback for the next five years, is it Russell Wilson, who you knew would keep Seattle in this game, or Patrick Mahomes, who put on a display unlike anything we've ever seen? Again, four touchdowns in the second quarter, reminding me of one of my worst sports memories of all time because he tied Doug Williams, who fried the Broncos in the Super Bowl with four touchdowns as they shredded Denver. Would you still take Russell Wilson over Patrick Mahomes' Given what we saw unfold against the Texans and that incredible performance. Yep. I'm, I'm still team Russell wow. Wilson. Uh, wow. So first of all, can you imagine Russell Wilson, that offense with Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid as his play caller, Tyree kill, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman. I mean, forget it. And I love Mahomes, but I think Russell Wilson would, you know, the, the hashtag let Russ cook. I think Russ would really cook if he were in Kansas City's offense, number one. Number two, he's never missed a game, Dave. I mean, 
Patrick Mahomes has already missed however many he missed this year, three or four. That's not bad, but he missed three or four, and they lost a couple. And that's why they weren't going to be able to have home field advantage. They weren't even going to have a bye. Think about that for a second, okay? The Chiefs were gifted a bye by the Miami Dolphins beating the Patriots in Week 17. Then the Chiefs were gifted a home AFC championship game by the Titans bashing the Ravens' brains in Saturday night. I mean, it could not have gone better for the Chiefs over the last three weeks. This is the best opportunity Andy Reid has had to go to the Super Bowl since 2004 in Philadelphia. They have got to win this game. They've got to get it done. We'll talk about it later in the week. This game is ginormous for Andy Reid's legacy. This should be their year. Our friends at WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia asking their listeners, are you rooting for Andy Reid, the former Eagles coach, to win a Super Bowl? Overwhelmingly, they are. 76% say yes. They are rooting for Andy Reid. Just about 4,000 people have already voted. I think most of the football world is hoping for Big Red to get his first Super Bowl uh, win here. There's a couple celebrations we have to get to before we move on from Kansas City. And let's get back to Sports Radio 610 only. This one in Kansas City as a caller had a very unique celebration. Um, A song to celebrate the Chiefs' victory on Saturday. Listen, Sunday. Let's go to Chester. Chester, what's up? Oh, deep down by 24 points. Oh, and they said the fire is in our hearts. They won't get us startled, but they get us started. At the end of it, we won by 20 points. After being down by 24 points, when somebody say possession, somebody say TD. Up to the one, the two, the three, the four, the five, the six. Record, record impact. Lord, we just started. When one coach said, we don't lose, but we run out of time. Oh, let us see something new for this month. Because if we don't see it, we can't say that we run out of time. We can't say we run out of records. But when we come together and have together, when we sing together, revive together, we shall sing that song. Let no man take your crown. We didn't let ourselves down. We rise up and we won't be through till we see something new. God bless you. See you at the top. We won't stop until we see you at the top. God bless you. Chester, you are my favorite caller of the football season. With all due respect to Eagles, surely that is an A-plus sports radio call celebrating the Chiefs' victory over Houston Sports Radio 610 there. That was impressive. Here's my question, Tucker. Was it better than Eric Fisher celebrating the Blake Bell touchdown in the end zone by Steve Austin, a couple of beers, showering them all over himself. By the way, that celebration was retweeted by Steve Austin himself, which ruled in the celebration category. Oh, gosh. Come on, bro. I mean, that was nice by Chester right there, but let's (laughs) keep it real. Eric Fisher, that was amazing. He's a legend forever. Uh, the only problem was it was Bud Light. You know how I feel about that. Bud Light is good, though, to pour out on top of a helmet as opposed to really drinking. It is a good beer to just pour on top of a helmet as opposed to having to having to consume it. What's funny about it is he's going to get fined for that, like Marcus Peters did. Like, he's probably going to get fined for that now at yep. this point, which is ridiculous, but he will. Uh, that was amazing by Fisher. And listening to Chester, he reminded me of coming to America, like the uh, Eddie Murphy as a preacher before Randy Watson takes the stage. Mr. Randy Watson. <laughs> but, but before Randy Watson gets up there and goes, sexual chocolate, sexual chocolate, 
Texture check. Before he gets up there, the preacher, who's Eddie Murphy, is unbelievable. I want you to feel it in your loins, everybody. And, and everybody in the sta- in the crowds like this. I mean, that movie. I mean, honestly, first of all, I saw that movie way too early. Like, I saw that movie, I think, when I was, like, eight or nine. And, man, I, I spent way too much of my adolescence thinking about your royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> I mean, best movie scene ever, maybe. I, I remember thinking, man, those guys have it. Those guys have the life. African princes, that's where it's at. Forget being an NFL player or NBA. African princes. Are you I, still waiting I, for your I, royal I, treatment? I tied my shoes once. It was a highly overrated experience. <laughs> so is is that how you'll mark ultimate achievement in life someday to get treated like the prince incoming to America? Yeah, I mean, I'm married and that's never going to happen. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, but maybe I can have somebody brush my teeth or, uh, or tie my shoelaces. Actually, you know what? I need to make enough money so that at some point somebody can tie my shoelaces because of my back. Tie my shoe paces, shoelaces is a royal pain in the ass for me. So it'd be nice if I could have a designated shoelace tire. That'd be sweet. Dude, that would be the ultimate. That's better than having a guy to carry the umbrella. If you had a guy to tie your damn shoes in the morning, yeah. I, I think you got to win the lottery to have that kind of FU money. Um, speaking of FU, what are you thinking if you are that fan who just had two $9, $12 beers poured out all over Eric Fisher? We got to find that fan. We need to welcome that fan onto the program here at Home and Home because we are all about the fans here on this show. We've got to find them. Um, what did Eric Fisher say about that? He said, quote, to uh, Lindsey Jones of The Athletic, you can never put a nice, cold, refreshing, smooth Bud Light in front of an offensive lineman and not expect him to enjoy it, you know? Ross Tucker, Eric Fisher can appreciate a nice, cold, refreshing, smooth Bud Light. Why can't you? So, because he is trying to get an endorsement there, probably, that would be my guess. <laughs> I don't believe that that's what he actually drinks. I think he's going to end up getting a sponsorship deal out of this. I do think it's funny. Like, I think initially, okay, picture you're that fan, Dave, okay? Yep. Initially, Chiefs score a touchdown. They're right there in front of you. And it's like, yeah, we scored. We're going to win. Eric Fisher comes over grabs your beers, smashes them, pours them. You're like, ah! I think that's awesome. I think, like, two to three minutes later, you're like, where the hell's my beer? Like, I really, I really want <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I really don't feel like... Now, the good news, this is how my mind works, okay? This is another life hack from Ross Tucker. The good news is Bud Light is such a mass-produced and easily available beer that that's one of the beers that they will walk the aisles selling. So you don't actually have to leave the game. Like, so if you want a craft beer or an IPA, they don't usually sell those. Like the guys walking up and down the stands, they don't usually sell those. You got to leave your seat and go back and get in line and buy those. Whereas Bud Light, you could just still sit there and the Bud Light guy is going to come soon after that, and you'll be able to get a couple more Bud Lights. Still, though, I think you would go from that was awesome to where the hell's my beer to, okay, now I got two new beers, and I can tell everybody that Eric Fisher smashed my beers. It's awesome again. This is the type of analysis you only get right here on Home and Home on the radio.com app. Excellent analysis, Ross Tucker, short of one thing. When that happened, it was the fourth quarter. I'm quite certain that Kansas City, like most stadiums, had already cut off beer sales. So if that was in the second quarter, even early in the third, you'd be psyched, you'd be bummed, but ultimately, yes, you could look around and probably get yourself a few more cold ones. But I would guess when that happened, 
1352 in the fourth quarter. Beer sales had been shut down. That was your last chance to get a beer in that game. So we need to hear more yeah. about this. We need to uh, we need to find that fan and perhaps hear from Eric Fisher. I would guess beer sales have been cut off, and that fan was really craving one about three minutes later. Um, you know, that was one. You, yep, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, listen, Dave, you know what? You might be right there. Um, the two other thoughts I had were I saw where Eric Fisher said he owes that guy two beers, which is awesome. Yeah. I love Fisher. About a 99% chance that Bud Light's going to send a couple cases to that dude's house, first of all, with Fisher saying he owes him two beers. And then number two, you know, the society we live in now, Dave, for all I know, that guy will sue Eric Fisher and sue the Chiefs for um, theft, for theft and damage of property. Who knows? <laughs> Look, I, I got a feeling it's going to end well. For that fan, Bud Light never misses an opportunity to promote in these type of situations. Look no further than the World Series, my Halloween costume, the guy double fisting it, the real American hero who took a home run ball off the chest. That was one thing you'd never seen in NFL history, a team that, well, 24 zip at the first quarter and then trailed at halftime. Another thing you've never seen in NFL history in the Titans-Ravens game, we're talking about Derrick Henry. We'll break it down. Ross was in the booth after a quick break. But first, I got to tell you about ZipRecruiter because it's been a couple days, and I missed the opportunity to tell you guys all about how ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this awesome web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, it is the smartest way to hire. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Not Jim Brown, not Emmett Smith, not Walter Payton, not Barry Sanders. Not in 100 years of NFL football have we ever seen anything like Derrick Henry, King Henry, and what he accomplished against the Baltimore Ravens in this three-game run at Houston, at New England, at Baltimore. Blows your mind. It's a championship Monday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. So, regular season NFL the top four passing offenses missed the playoffs. The top four rushing offenses, all four made the divisional round, and two of the top three are on to the championship round. It's a reminder, throwback football still works in December and into January. It is a physical, brutal, blunt force sport, and Derrick Henry is example number one. Ross, 
I don't get it. 180 yards in three straight games, never been done. 175 plus in consecutive postseason games, never been done. It's, it's, it's just like a pitcher saying, I'm going to throw you a fastball. You know what's coming and you can't stop it. Why can't they hit the fastball knowing it's coming? Um, because two things. Number one, the catcher, in this case, the offensive line, is calling some great pitches. It's not always a fastball. They're changing it up a little bit, and the offensive line is kicking some serious ass, which I love. Those guys deserve a ton of credit. And then you're talking about the fastest fastball we've ever seen, I think, Dave, in terms of when Derrick Henry at 6'3", 250 pounds, gets a five to seven yard running before he's touched, a five to seven yard head of steam. Dave, this is physics. And I sucked at science. But we're talking <laughs> about a 250 pound guy that run the 4-4, you give him a seven yard head start. I don't think anyone deep down really wants a part of that. It's scary. He actually reminds me of some of the best we've ever seen in terms of size-speed combos. Bo Jackson, he's not quite that fast, but he's bigger. Christian Okoye comes to mind for me. And frankly, Dave, and you'll appreciate this, somebody needs to do to Derrick Henry what Steve Atwater did to Christian Okoye. Somebody needs to really step up and light him up. And more importantly, they got to get to him before he gets the head of steam. You know, my defense, if I'm calling a defense against the Titans, it is all about getting penetration. It is all about trying to stop Derrick Henry's feet before he gets that momentum. Because once he gets to the line without being touched, you feel like it's almost a done deal. He's getting at least three to five yards. And then sometimes he gets more. I mean, that third and one, Dave, where he went for 66 yards, which led to the Derrick Henry, same guy, jump pass touchdown, which was unbelievable. Matthew Judon was unblocked, the D end for the Ravens. And he hit him with everything he had. I mean, he went, bam. But he did not wrap up. And as a result, Derek just ran right through it. Just bounced off him, ran right through it, and kept going. I got to tell you, as a former offensive lineman, as a guy that played fullback in seventh grade that one glorious year, as a guy whose high school never threw the ball, we just kind of smashed you, I love it. I love the Titans. I love what the Niners did in the second half against the Vikings. That was an absolute ass-kicking by both those teams. And it's just nice. I know Mahomes and throwing the ball and Russell Wilson. It's still nice to see that blocking and running hard and running through people, that, that hasn't gone out of style, and it never will. Yeah, it was uh, redemption. If you are who? The New York Giants. Actually, Dave Gettleman talked about this in introducing their new head coach, that it is still a brutal, blunt force sport. Joe Judge talked about it. If I'm a Giants fan, I'm feeling pretty good this morning about their description of the type of football they want to see. Because, again, one of the top 10 passing offenses in the NFL in the regular season made the division around that, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And it's really looking like it is about a physical brute force game. But the, the question coming out of this besides Derrick Henry and have we ever seen anything like him is what do you do this morning if you are the Baltimore Ravens and you put on a show like we've never seen before throughout the entire regular season, Lamar Jackson doing things nobody could stop, nobody could figure out. And then it ends with another disappointing loss in the postseason. We've got some reaction. 
uh, this morning as we get back to our radio.com red zone baltimore sports radio 105.7 trying to figure out what to make of this season ends in such disappointing fashion listen First of all, I just want to say thank you, Lamar Jackson, for a wonderful year. Um, he did his best. Now, I'm not mad at him. It was coaching. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not that that hurt because I know we have Eric DaCosta, and I love him, and he's aggressive. And he's gotten rid of most of Ozzy's garbage players, and he's starting to bring in better pieces. I would be lamenting this loss more and uh, the season if – I had not seen Lamar Jackson take strides as a passer, but I absolutely did. I'm very encouraged to see the progress he made as a passer and a pocket passer from year one to year two. So I'm very happy about that. Lamar Jackson uh, is going to win the MVP of the league. He already can read defenses. He's going to work his tail off next offseason or this offseason like he did last one. The The scariest thing about Lamar Jackson is we have not seen peak Lamar Jackson yet. It's a disappointing season. But it was a very exciting season, and I'm very thankful that, you know, for 20 years of waiting for a scary Ravens offense, it's here. It's officially here, and I think they're definitely on the right track. So good things are are on the horizon. I mean, for year two to go this far and, and do what we did this season, I think is absolutely insane, and you couldn't ask for more. It's a disappointing loss today, and it's going to sting. It's going to take a while to get over it. But, man, I'm really excited for, you know, the upcoming seasons here as a Ravens fan. past couple years have been extremely tough watching Joe Flacco, nickel and dime us all the way down the field. And I cannot wait for next year. This wasn't our year. We're a draft and a free agent period away. Take away from this. Continue trucking away. And I can't wait for next year as much as this sucks. This is the most fun that I can say this fan base has ever had watching football, and we can't take that for granted. Radio.com Red Zone continues with 105.7 in Baltimore. Ross, that is some positivity. Grass is greener. Positive folks. That is not Philly, Boston. That is not New York. That is not what we're used to after a devastating loss like that. I guess if you do look at it, the Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow, is actually older than Lamar Jackson. Still a lot of development uh, to go in his career. John Elway started rough. Peyton Manning started rough in his postseason career. So I I am surprised, though, at that type of positivity. Are you, and how do they pick up the pieces as an organization? Yeah, I mean, I am kind of surprised by that uh, because I didn't realize Baltimore was the bastion of positivity like that. That is not how it would be in Philadelphia and Boston for sure, and probably not New York. And I got to be honest with you, I I respect and appreciate the positivity, but you know how hard it is to go 14-2? and two? It was the first time the Ravens had ever done that. You know how hard it is to get the number one seed? That's the first time the Ravens had ever done that. I mean, they had a truly unique opportunity. It is hard to get to conference championship games, to get to the Super Bowl, to win it really, really hard. And they had a golden chance. They just had to beat a sixth seed at home and then beat the Chiefs, and they were going to the Super Bowl at home, and they weren't able to get it done. So kudos to those people, I suppose for having such a optimistic, positive outlook. But I got to tell you, Dave, I, I would probably lean more towards Philly or Boston fans in the sense that they missed out on a golden opportunity. They were very healthy this year. You don't know what kind of injuries they'll suffer. Just given his yeah. style of play, it's hard to imagine Lamar Jackson staying healthy every year. They didn't really lose very many. I mean, they lost their starting center, Matt Skura. That's it. They had yeah. everybody else, Dave. Everybody, they were healthy. Before you know it, Lamar will need a new deal. Matthew Judon, their only pass rusher, he's a free agent. Nothing stays the same in the NFL. This isn't the 80s. This isn't, you know, the way it used to be. Nothing stays the same. They will never have the exact same team. And I'll go on the record right now, Dave and say they'll never be 14-2 and two again. You know why? 
Because now defensive coordinators are going to spend the entire offseason talking to college defensive coordinators and coming up with better strategies for Lamar Jackson. I still think the Ravens will be good. I still think they'll have success. But this was their best and most golden opportunity, and they let it slip. And because Cleveland gets better by hiring a new head coach, Pittsburgh gets better theoretically by Ben Roethlisberger returning the division, gets a lot more difficult. I'd have questions about Greg Roman, who did a terrific job. 59 attempts by Lamar Jackson. Far too many. Yes, 500 total yards of offense, but you don't want that guy throwing the ball 59 times. The play of the game was Derek Henry with the Tim Tebow jump pass. Let's listen to the call from Mike Keith, the play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Titans. Titans in the pistol. Mariota. Now he goes in motion. Direct snap, Derrick Henry. Throws it, jump pass in the end zone. Touchdown, Titans! Henry to Corey Davis! Oh my goodness, that play is from the 1800s! That's a jump pass, jump pass for the ages right there. What a tremendous, tremendous play call and great execution. Great play call by Arthur Smith. Great execution by Derrick Henry and the Titans offense. All right, that was the call on the game. Let's talk to Mike Keith, the voice of the Titans, WGFX 104.5 The Zone. Mike, great to talk to you. It seemed like the Tennessee Titans had a quiet confidence that they knew they could win that ball game. Be honest with us. And it's Ross Tucker and Dave Briggs. Did you have confidence your team could go in there and win? Yes, and I did because I, I have had a chance to see ball clubs like this one before that start to believe that if they do what they do, they're going to have a great shot to win. And this ball club right now, they're not overconfident. They're not embracing the underdog role. They're, I mean, none of that. I mean, there's no great mantra. or they, they just think we're playing our best football. We're doing what we do. And if we continue doing what we do, we can play with and potentially beat anybody. Again, it's not cocky. It's not this in-your-face type of thing. It's just, it's Vrabel. It's, it's how Vrabel is about everything. It's how they went into New England. It's how they went into Baltimore. And it's how I think they'll go into Kansas City this week. Mike, good to see you, albeit briefly, Saturday night. It's Ross Tucker. <laughs> yes. uh, that, that was awesome, obviously, Saturday night, although the Titans really messed with my travel schedule. I'll now be out in San Francisco flying six hours rather than being in Baltimore an hour from my house. So I'm not happy with my former teammate Mike Vrabel or former coach Arthur Smith right now, but I'm happy for you guys and happy for those players. You said you've spin around teams like this when they start to believe. My question mm-hmm. is, when did you start to believe? Because it was only three weeks left in the regular season where they lost a game to the Texans that looked like it might knock them out. Then they lose to the Saints the next week after they had a lead. When did you really start to believe that this team could do something like this? I started to believe when they won at Indianapolis and beat Oakland in Oakland in back-to-back weeks. And it's funny because I told our group before the game in week 15 against the Texans, I said, listen, we win this game today. We haven't won anything. We lose this game. We haven't lost anything. Everything is still out there. And the Titans did not play well against the Texans, had a bad break at the goal line on what was a great play by Justin Reed that cost the Titans seven points and gave the Ravens, gave the Texans seven points in what was a big 14-point swing. So they, they lose that ball game, but you go away from it saying, okay, that was bad, but it's not the end of the world. And then they figure out during the course of the week and on Saturday before the game with the Saints that they have to win the last game of the year and that the Saints game doesn't matter in terms of the playoff standings. And so, Ross, the big moment there was the decision to sit Derrick Henry. 
that was a monumental decision for this ball club because this guy is so much more healthy than he would have been. And, and I think that's what's fueling this team's run right now is they have a much more healthy back. And, and obviously he's an unusual back because of his size. He runs very well in weather. He, he likes it cold. He, and I mean, all of this stuff factors into him really well. So I started to have belief back in early December, but it, it, it kind of continued to build. And even the losses didn't really knock them off track too much. All right, so Mike, and I know they're all responsible for the success of this team, but if you had to rank the importance over the course of, you know, the last 12 weeks, let's say, 10 weeks, since they were two and four, talk to me about Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and the offensive line. Rank those three in terms of greatest importance to the Titans during this stretch they've been on. You have to go with the quarterback number one because quarterback play is the biggest thing that changed this offense. It has allowed Arthur Smith to do a variety of things. Now, Tannehill's only thrown 29 passes in the last two games, but he is certainly capable of doing more. And at the moment, even in these last two games where he has needed to make plays, he has made them. Uh, I would actually go with offensive line second because the offensive line was a mess coming out of camp due to Taylor LeJuan's suspension, trying to get Roger Saffold inserted at the left guard position. The LeJuan suspension really carried on into October based on the fact that he came back, had not had many training camp reps because they were trying to get Dennis Kelly ready to play left tackle. He was working his way back in, and it took that whole group, including the rookie right guard, Nate Davis, until the second half of the season to get going. And so Tannehill and the offensive line have both given Derrick Henry the chance to do what he has done, and then he has taken over from there. Uh, Derrick Henry's number one right now, but from the two and four to get to where it is at this moment, a lot of it came from the first two, giving Henry the opportunity, and then he's been phenomenal. Talking to Mike Keith, play-by-play -play voice, Tennessee Titans, who are on to the championship game in the AFC. They'll play the early game next weekend. 29 passes. You bring up a great point. 29 passes by Ryan Tannehill in two weeks when Lamar Jackson 59 times in the loss over the weekend. You talked about the terrific game plan from Arthur Smith um, who deserves a lot more credit than he gets nationally. How about Dean Pease on the defensive side of the ball? What did they do that no one else has been able to do all season? Got the lead. That was a big thing. The early interception and the early score was a big factor. And then the, at the momentum moments, as I call them, the Titans won every one of them. The interception leading to a touchdown. The fact that the Ravens choose to go on fourth and one at their own 45, don't make it, and then the turnaround play is a 45-yard touchdown pass that Tannehill threw beautifully to Khalif Raymond, and Raymond made a great play on the ball in the end zone. Suddenly, Dave, you're up 14 to nothing. Nobody's been up 14 to nothing on the Ravens. Everybody's been behind. And so Pease's strategy going into the game to make everything as hard as possible on Lamar Jackson, to say, okay, run for five yards. Great, it's second and five. Okay, swell. Now it's third and two. Now you have – he made him play at every level. You know, Jackson had a couple of big runs. He had a great completion to Hollywood Brown at the end of the first half. And he had a couple other plays that were spectacular on third down, in particular in the first half. But overall – the Titans lived to play another play largely because they were ahead. Now, that's also what they did at New England. They're playing fundamental football right now in terms of, okay, complete the pass, great, we're going to tackle the guy, we're going to make you keep playing. That's what they're going to have to do against Patrick Mahomes this week again, and that's a lot harder to do 
because he's got an Olympic relay team as his wide receiving core, and that's what really scares you to death about his group. Mike, I know you got to go. Can you give us uh, a couple sentences on Arthur Smith? Maybe I should have included him, the Titans offensive coordinator, among the guys that have been part of this turnaround. Arthur Smith is brilliant. I thought it when we hired him at the moment that Matt LaFleur got the Green Bay job. By the way, what a job he's doing. We all thought in the building that Arthur Smith was the guy to promote. He's been one of our best coaches for years. He, he knows what he's doing in terms of his patience. He puts a plan together. He's been very involved in putting run game plans together. He has a great overview of what's done. He's worked for some excellent coaches and has learned a lot of football from them. Uh, play calling was not our problem early in the season. Uh, there were guys open. There were things that were happening that we weren't able to take advantage of. Now, what we're seeing is those things start to open up. And here's what I love about Arthur Smith. And I was with David Cutcliffe for years. And David Cutcliffe is my favorite offensive coordinator of all time because if he can run it to the right and you can't stop him, guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep running it to the right. And there are so many offensive coordinators that think they're required by law to call everything on a play sheet. Arthur Smith is like David Cutcliffe. If he can run it down your throat, that's what he's going to do. If he's got to throw it, that's what he's going to do. That's coaching the game. That's winning football. And Arthur Smith is a winning football coach. And I think everybody's starting to see that. He is terrific. And this team has a legit shot at winning a Super Bowl, which could have dire consequences for an appendage of Mike Vrabel. Unfortunately, no time to get to that today. But clearly, Mike Keith knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, Well, you do know what I'm talking about, huh, Mike? I've I've heard, yes. I've read about it. I'm aware of it. I ain't talking about it, but I'm aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently his wife, Jen, would help. We will talk about that more later in the program. Mike Keith, great to have you on the program. We'd love to have you back. And, yes, we will make you discuss that appendage that, well, just might go missing if the Titans can win a Super Bowl. They've got a shot. We appreciate the time, Mike Keith. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Outstanding stuff from Mike Keith, the play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Titans. Quick question to you, Ross, and it's about the chemistry of this football team. Uh, Taylor Lewan, who's one of the more unique personalities in the NFL, really enjoy that guy, said, this is the closest team I've ever been a part of. That goes back to high school. That goes back to college. Says it's not close We are a family. Uh, You watch this team. You've seen them up close and personal. Uh, Where does that chemistry come from? Uh, I think it comes a lot from Mike Vrabel, their head coach. You know, if you ever watch him, after the game, he runs to go shake the hands of the other head coach and then sprints back to the locker room because he he wants to shake hands and thank every one of those guys. He's an awesome guy. You know, Mike and I, I played against him several times. He was a terrific football player, unusually long arms, great hands, so smart. And then as a teammate, he was the same way in New England in 05 and 06. And I've known him since then. I helped him with recruiting when he was at Ohio State, speaking of where I am right now. And to see what he's done, I mean, this is a guy that when he first got into coaching, Dave, I distinctly remember saying, dude, you're coaching? You made so much money. And he was, and honestly, Dave, he was like, yeah, I mean, I'm living back in Columbus. That's where my wife and I are from. If I like it, cool. If I hate it, I'll just quit. I don't care. Like, that's just how he is. Like, and now he's the head coach of the Titans. And by the way, there were some F words in there. But now he's the head coach of the Titans in the AFC championship game. And he literally started coaching because he's like, well, I'm living back in Columbus. I went to Ohio State. I'll give it a shot. If I hate it, I'll just quit. I don't give a shit. Wholeheartedly agree with you that 
that is where this chemistry come from. Uh, he is a guy that just seems like one of the guys, one of the players, the things they talk about, uh, just feel like you don't have that with any other coach. And that's the same way Mike Vrabel recruited that. I don't give a damn if it works out. He would tell guys when he was recruiting them at Ohio State, hey, look, don't make this decision because of me, because coaches disappear all the time. We're all going to take a job for more money. You make the decision on what's best for you, and that's why you should go to Ohio State. Mike Vrabel is the genuine article, three Super Bowls as a player, and it looks like a guy who's going to win more as a head coach. We talked to the play-by-play voice of the Titans. We'll also talk to the play-by-play voice of the Clemson Tigers about the national championship game tonight in New Orleans. Also, life advice from Marshawn Lynch as we talk NFC championship games ahead after a quick break. But first, Zip Recruiter, boom, Mike Keith hired as our Titans guy. He was awesome. ZipRecruiter's awesome. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They've got this powerful matching technology that allows them to scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and they spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. They're so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.